Hello and welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. Bobby Darren here for 24-7 Sports. Today I am joined by the one and only Sean Brown, recruiting analyst extraordinaire. Um, we're here to talk uh, recruiting in general. We're here to talk some Rutgers football recruiting, but um, this is just an unprecedented time with a lot of changes going on. First, Sean, um, thanks for being here. How's everything going with you and your family? You know, it's, you know, thanks for having me, of course. Um, you know, we're we're maintaining like everyone else in the area as best we can. And, uh, you know, my, my hometown, Seton, New Jersey, has been one of the municipalities in New Jersey has been hit the hardest. So, you know, it's kind of it's kind of tough to see with, you know, people, you know, affected. Uh, but, you know, just uh, praying for the best, praying to, to go down the peak sooner rather than later and to try to get back some normalcy. Yes, excellent. Well, glad to hear your your family's doing well. And um, again, as always, great to have your expertise here. And I wanted to talk a little bit about all these changes. I mean, this is the typical recruiting season when you're seeing the spring evaluations. We're starting to go to camps and evaluate guys. Combines are popping up. We're seeing seven on sevens. Um, and that leads into the spring summer camping season, which is really big for recruits. All that is gone now. It's not happening. You have these virtual visits and stuff. Um, Sean, from your perspective, how much has this impacted, you know, kids' decisions and, and how they're navigating through the process? Oh, it's it's impacted it greatly. I mean, for, you know, let's think about the recruits that were banking on, you know, the gains they made uh, from the end of their football season to now and, you know, waiting for these colleges to come, uh, you know, evaluate them during the evaluation period. Uh, even in New Jersey, I, I don't remember if it went into effect for this spring, but I know the the, the football coaches in New Jersey were working with the state to uh, establish a period where they could have their student athletes uh, do football drills for colleges in the past in New Jersey, when, when schools would come to evaluate, it would really just be, you know, to see them, you know, maybe you see a quarterback, you know, throw the ball around, see him move around, but it, or see the guys in the weight room working out, but it wouldn't be a, you know, a true evaluation of their football skills until they, they got to a camp on, on a college's campus. So that was a big thing in New Jersey college coach, high school coaches were pushing to, to get this put in place so that it would give their prospects a, a fair chance because there are other states where that's allowed. Obviously, you, you look in southern parts of the United States, uh, like Florida, they're actually going through spring football. So they're actually playing real football and being evaluated by colleges. So, you know, that is being taken away from from athletes locally. And, you know, you mentioned the camps. Uh, I think the first camp that was scheduled was going to be uh, Roman Oban's camp. Shout out to Roman uh, on April 4th. So that was kind of the kickoff for the 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 non-college camp season for prospects to, to get on the map. If they, you know, if they weren't on the map, like I know last year, that was the first time I got to see Taj Bullock. Uh, actually, I, I saw him play a game live at St. Peter's prep. Uh, but you know, that was the first chance I got to see him throw in that off season or, or Jason Rains from West Orange, who is now, you know, one of the top prospects on Rutgers board, you know, he had missed uh, a large chunk of his sophomore season uh, due to injury. I think he may have missed the whole year, something along those lines. Uh, so that camp was the first time that, you know, guys like us and all the other recruiting sites got a chance to see this kid in person and like, wow, who, who the hell is this kid? And, you know, he really made a name for himself up to that point to get to where he's at now recruiting wise. So, uh, you know, and people always talk about, well, you know, these colleges can't go to those camps. So it's, it's not relevant. I mean, you know, college coaches, you know, college support staffs, they read all this stuff in some way, shape or form. So, uh, you know, if they weren't aware of a kid, you know, this is 
the place where you know kids start to put themselves on the map. Uh, and you and I talk about it uh, uh, quite a bit. Uh, you know, a specific reference for us was was Tim Barrow when he was at Tottenville. You know, when I think Coach Ash had gotten the job. You know, a few months before that, and I first saw Tim at the uh, Air Sports Group 7-on-7 tryout uh, working out. He came over, you know, I didn't get a chance to get over to Staten Island and see him play live, and he, he really popped in my eyes. And I know he was one of the guys that I wrote about from that tryout as being a standout guy. And and Tim credits it, credits it a lot to this day that, you know, Bill Bush reached out to him like, hey, you know, I, I read about you on ScarletNation.com, um, you know, and that kind of got the ball rolling for him to end up at Rutgers. So, you know, missing this part of the year is is definitely huge uh, for some prospects. You know, we didn't even touch on the visit aspect, being able to to go see schools in person since this is a dead period. So a lot of schools have started developing these virtual visits to, you know, show the kids via drone, you know, through a camera on, on what they experience on campus. But, you know, as, as, as many uh, FaceTimes and Zoom calls you can have with a prospect, it's it's hard to replace that uh, in-person uh, getting to know period with a prospect and for them to see everything uh, physically and get a feel um, in your campus. So that's, that's something that's missing. Uh, and, and you touched on, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future uh, right now for Rutgers, they've suspended uh, everything, in, you know, through August. So that would also eliminate the on-campus uh, summer camp season for Greg Shiano and, and his staff as well. And, you know, we we see how it's impacting recruits and, you know, they, they can't get out and visit places. How is it impacting coaches, do you think? I mean, in the, this is the spring evaluation. This is a big time. I mean, this is a chance for them to get out, especially a new staff like Greg Schiano. I mean, new offers are going out. But, uh, you know, it, how much do you think it hurts to not be able to get a kid in person and see it? Because, you know, there's so many intangibles that, that you can't see on film. I know when I go watch games, I love to watch on the sidelines because it just gives you a different perspective. What happens when the kid takes a play off? What happens after he makes a big play? I mean, you know, all these little things are so key in, in you know, developing a, a thorough evaluation, which is we what we've always tried to do and, and look at things from every angle. So, I mean... When Rutgers, you look at their class, they're recruiting well, but at what point does this become a hindrance to them moving forward for some of these prospects that they're evaluating? You know, um, you know, the, the evaluation period is really big, obviously. I mean, you, you, there's stuff they can do remotely. They can obtain transcripts. Uh, they can get film nowadays with Huddle and other programs to, to watch and learn about the kids. So maybe it's easier that way. They, they can get everything in an email about a said prospect, but to, to get that FaceTime, maybe, maybe you know, some colleges are still old school. They go talk to the the janitor at the school and, you know, the the first period teacher to get an idea of, of what a kid's character is outside of their football coach. Um, eyeballing, you know, it's it's very important to to get an idea, you know, physically what a kid looks like, you know, um, you know, if he really is that six three or six four. I mean, there are ways around that. I've seen a lot of kids doing virtual combines, virtual films, and they'll, they'll film themselves, you know, uh, measuring their wingspan. They'll, they'll film themselves measuring their height. So, you know, maybe that's a way to get around it, but a lot of coaches like to be able to go and look at a kid in person and, and say, all right, he, he looks like the type of kid that can play at my program. Um, so it, it, you know, it hurts them in that way. And when you think, you know, specifically from a Rutgers perspective, they, They've obviously done really well with this class thus far with they had a lot of those kids that they have committed uh, on campus already, uh, got a chance to get to know them well, measure them, you know, really get to feel them out well and build relationships and and get to a point where they were comfortable taking them. But, 
you look at certain positions in this class, uh, specifically the offensive line, there there are a few targets that are within the traditional state of Rutgers that they've already had on campus and they know them and they've built relationships with, but you're seeing more and more offers go out to uh, regions that may, maybe they did visit these kids during that previous evaluation period, but you know nothing beats getting the kids on your campus and, and having the whole staff around them and getting a real feel for them, getting a feel for their families. And there, I think them and, and every other school is trying to do as much as that as they can remotely, but uh, they're missing out on that. Um, and you know, I think they're sending some offers out uh, where they, they have to, you know, rely on the film, uh, rely on, you know, the relationships they're building remotely um, and just and, and fall back on that because that's all they have right now. Yeah. And, you know, interesting points uh, to add to what you said. Um, I can remember kids coming on campus and, you know, you know, hoping for an offer and didn't get one because they didn't measure up or didn't weigh in at a certain weight. You know, some kids might come up and they'll think they're six two. They measure in at six foot and they weigh a lot less. And and that eyeball test is pretty important when it when it comes to recruiting. But um, you know, that's one thing. Like you said, they're without. Uh, last night, Rutgers offers uh, a kid, Brian Keeler from Chicago, and I spoke to him last night, and he has thirty three offers, but. Is, is high on Rutgers, uh, you know, it really likes the program and, and they jumped into the race late, but, you know, really are, are in the mix right away. But, you know, do you put all your resources into a kid like that? Um, they have the advantage of Jim Panigos having recruited him at Minnesota. So you have that, you know, kind of pre-existing relationship. And I think that really helps in bringing together some coaches from different places who have evaluated guys in this class. And, and maybe they rely on, on Sean Gleason a little more for the quarterback evaluations in this class. You saw an offer go out to Hampton Fay in Fort Worth, Texas, an unconventional recruiting ground for Rutgers, but he recruited him at Oklahoma State. Um, do you think that they maybe rely on him a little more with the quarterback recruiting? How do you see that playing out? Yeah, I think you have to. You know, it's, it's interesting. They they have a few quarterback offers out in the class of 2021. Uh, you know, there's some, you know, a few guys in Georgia, uh, you know, obviously uh, Taj Books, the local guy, and, and, and Lonnie White uh, in Pennsylvania. You mentioned uh, Faye, who was a recent offer. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to. He's, he's obviously been touching on uh, some of his experience from Oklahoma State, some of the prospects he evaluated there. He's gotten to know. He's comfortable with the players. Um, and, you know, they, they did offer a few local guys since uh, this staff took over. You know, so it, it's definitely going to be a big thing where, you know, you know and not just Gleason, uh, but he obviously covers that position, but you know, you'll, you know, Fran Brown's going to have to go out and say, you know what? I, I, I know this guy, you know, I like his film, you know, Jim Panagos, the same thing. They're going to, you know, they're going to have to trust from what they know, and what they've evaluated in the prospects, but you know, the QB position, it's a whole nother animal. Uh, and the one thing I want to say is you, you wonder how many additional offers may have gone out um, for this class at the quarterback position as well. If, if Gleason was able to get out, see guys throwing in person. I mean, maybe you can watch some film of a player um, having to work out and get an idea of what you think of them there. But you got to wonder how uh, the QB recruiting in this particular class would be different if we had a normal evaluation period. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting because the quarterback recruiting, you know, it could be all over the place. And we, we've seen it go down over the years. And, and that's one of the more interesting aspects of recruiting, because it's it's kind of different from the other positions. And these kids usually commit earlier than than most. And, and now without the spring evals, it really changes the complexion of it. Um, and, you know, does, does Rutgers try and go for two in this class? Do they have that? Um, 
did, did they have that option, do you think? Or is it just a one class, uh, you know, a class with one quarterback? You know, from from all indications, it, it sounds like it's going to be a, a one guy class. Um, you know, and I think the offers that they the amount of offers they've been giving out will, will reflect that. You know, it seems like if you you know, if, if you want two guys and you'll you'll you know cast a wider net than than what they have thus far. So it seems like they, they want their one guy. And, and when you look at what they have on campus, uh, obviously, you still got Arsikowski. You, you got Johnny Langan, you got you got Simon that came in, Snyder. Uh, and, you know, just in the little snippets you see on social media, it looks like, uh, you know, Peyton Powell will get his first look at quarterback as well. So they, they have a lot of guys on campus. I'm, I'm sure they, they want to get a vibe for, you know, who they think could, could be a guy for them in the future. Uh, but, you know, it's already a crowded quarterback room. So to, to, to bring another two in, two freshmen, you know, may, may be difficult, especially with how many other needs this team has. And moving forward in recruiting, Rutgers has seven of their 11 or seven of its 11 commits in the state of New Jersey because of what's going on and the the lack of uh, accessibility to campuses with the obvious virus outbreak. Do you think this class, I hate to, you know, look ahead and say projections this because we really don't know what's going to happen. But do you foresee a, a more in-state guys and maybe guys within that New York, Pennsylvania, local area winding up filling out this class because of what has transpired? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely can contribute to it. Um, you know, the, the obviously our guys around the country that are feeling comfortable in in making these visits. Obviously, you, you look at uh, the receiver Fox from Ohio. You know, he, he knows he knows Greg Shiano well. He got comfortable with the staff. He, he had not physically set foot on campus, but you know, felt comfortable all the other stuff. And there was that trust. Uh, but, you know, it, it it makes sense that some families may not feel comfortable uh, sending their son, you know, further away from the state uh, and wanting to be able to have them close by if, you know, something of, uh, of this stature occurs again uh, and, and kids being scared to go far as well, just just because there's reason to be able to, to get back home. And, you know, they're you know, there are colleges where you, you see the players that are, are still on campus because it's it's just difficult for, for them to get home. And, and and that's I think that's another thing that college coaches in general, even before COVID-19, were preaching the the ease of being able to get home on, on break, um, you know, during during holidays and things of that nature. You know, some some kids like to be able to have Thanksgiving, Christmas dinner with with mom and dad. Other kids are, you know they're comfortable just being away from home and, and finding somewhere to do the same thing. So that's a, another way that coaches around the country you know, may use that within their recruiting pitch to sell their schools. And, and it's very interesting, unprecedented. I mean, you could use a lot of adjectives to describe, you know, what's going on in this, this current time of recruiting, but you know, looking at it, and we've been doing this for a while, you know, we make the rounds through the spring and into the summer. Which part do you think you'll miss most this recruiting season with everything scaled back so much? Uh, you know, um, definitely. I mean, this is the time where I'm, I'm most visible getting to the respective, uh, you know, camps and seven on seven events uh, and especially uh, the uh, Rucker seven on seven, which I guess will be re renamed the Greg Ciano shootout. Uh, that was the one event where, you have 60 to 80 of, of the best high school teams uh, within the region there. Uh, and a lot of those teams have a lot of very good prospects. So it's, it's the one chance where you get to see it's, it's not one-on-ones. It's, it's the closest thing to organized football. Um, seeing a lot of prospects in one day, uh, a very long and tiring day, but uh, you know, you see a lot of good football. You, 
you hear a lot of good just scuttlebutt walking around and, and seeing people. Uh, and that's kind of like the, at least for, for my, uh, you know, camp scene, that's like the culmination of it. Cause after that uh, guys are getting ready for, for the season at that point, that's the last time you really get to see players and, and high school coaches in person until the football season starts. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, Unfortunately, you know, I'm, I'm sad that we're, we're likely going to miss that. It's, 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 it's trending in that direction, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and that's always a great time to, you know, see, like you mentioned before, see how guys progress. And I, I think it's also important to point out some of these guys, you, like you mentioned, discovering Jason Reigns as a, as a sophomore. I think some of those guys will be a little behind the game and getting their name out because they won't have that chance to really assert themselves on the camp circuit as, you know, uh, sophomores or underclassmen or what have you. And, you know, it's a time where, where guys will open your eyes and you say, wow, and you really start to follow them. I think the first time I saw Eli Apple, which was Eli Woodard back then, was he lined up as a no-name sophomore inside the Rutgers bubble against Stefan Diggs and, and locked him down. And I was like, who is this kid? And he didn't have any offers at the time. He was a sophomore. But if it wasn't for that you know, time period in which he was able to go out and, and do those things, you know, it would have taken a lot longer for his name to get out. So do you think this pushes recruiting back? Because it was speeding up. It was trending. You know, kids were committing so early. Now with this on, does it go back to a more traditional format where guys wait things out and maybe the the second signing day becomes, you know, a bit more prominent than it's been the past two years? Well, are we talking for class of 2021 or class of 2022? Uh, just in general. Yeah, I, I think it could, you know, because there there are going to be some kids that still want to make their visits and are are still, you know, uh, highly recruited and you know will have the the ability to to wait it out a bit because, you know, at this point in time, it, it seems like you know by the time things may ease up, it's going to be football season, so you're, you're really not going to be able to to make the rounds, you know, like like you would like to. So it. It looks like it's going to fall back on those those five official visits you get, um, you know, after the season. So I, I can see the numbers in the past couple of years since they've instituted this new signing period have leaned towards the majority of the kids uh, signing in December. But I could see that number shifting, at least for this recruiting cycle, cycle shifting back to more guys signing in February just to be able to make more educated decisions. Right. And yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a change, you know, and it's it's interesting because we see changes all the time in recruiting. You know, when I started, it was we were going to camps and, and head coaches were there. You know, Urban Meyer was standing on the sidelines watching these kids and then they weren't allowed to go. And then you saw the, the seven on sevens evolve and then these satellite camps come and go. And it, it really is something that changes. And, and now recruiting is really the only game in town with the cancellation of the professional and college sports. I guess if you follow recruiting you're still you still have you know uh not game so to speak but there's still a lot going on so another reason to stop by and join us on scarletnation.com we're always talking uh football on the on the round table premium message board sean brown always chiming with some valuable insight and sean before i let you go any other thoughts from this period uh, these changes and that we didn't touch on because i know we could probably talk for hours uh if if we went that route you know it so Obviously, there are certain parts of the country that have been hit harder than than other parts of the country. So uh, one thing that could be interesting to watch is to see, you know, if if certain states ease up their restrictions earlier than others. And, um, you know, if, if they're letting kids back in schools, you know, if it like I said, at this point, it's not looking like Rutgers is going to be able to have camps on campus. But if there are other states that they recruit that you know, colleges are back in session. Maybe they're hosting summer camps. Uh, you know, 
within that window where you, you get the 10 days to hold your camps uh, per the NCAA, uh, if if they keep that firm, um, you know, ruling in, in the face of what's going on with COVID-19, uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Rutgers staff, uh, you know, just really present at a lot of these satellite camps uh, in Florida, you know, in, in, in the Midwest. I know the rumor is that Ohio is, is trying to open up the state uh, at the end of this month and Florida has already started to do some of that. Um, the governor of, of Georgia, uh, yeah, Georgia has done the same thing. They're hoping to start easing people back into things uh, at the end of this week. So, you know, if, if things are happening in those respective states and they, they trend in the right direction, um, those are states that Rutgers recruits in, you know, and if, if they're having camps, you know, if I'm Greg Shiano, if, if I feel comfortable with with my coaches and support staff being safe and traveling to these states, you know, it and if kids are going to be there and they haven't got a chance to see them during the evaluation period, you know, they they may get guys down there to, to get a look at some guys they've been talking to, but they haven't seen in the past couple months um, to, to try to get some face time and to, you know, add more uh, information to their their evaluations of prospects. And knowing Seattle, I'm sure he's already has uh, five different itineraries for all the different possibilities of where he will be. So uh, I think we could be uh, uh, sure that, that he's going to get out there when it's safe and when he's allowed. But um, Sean Brown, again, thank you as always. Um, stop by, talk to Sean on our message boards on Scarlet Nation. Stay safe up there. And uh, again, thanks for thanks for coming on and lending us such valuable insight. Always a pleasure, Bobby. Thank you again. Stay safe, everyone.